0: Most of you are aware that our every member canvas is underway, where we ask for support for the ministries we share in the year to come. And later this morning, we'll hear from Ken Stewart. Ken and Linda Stewart are leading that effort this year. We also, some of you may not know, have on a horizon a capital campaign to take place next spring. Our vestry enthusiastically and unanimously embraced it earlier Uh, This month, and I'll talk more about the details of that at a forum at the end of October. What's on my mind today is what it means for us to practice generosity. And so this is not what has sometimes been called the sermon on the amount. Um, (laughs) But it's about what happens when we're faithful with everything that God entrusts to our care. So we practice lots of things. We practice the piano, we practice law, we practice golf or tennis, we practice medicine, our choirs, practice, thank you for doing that. And some of these things we practice uh, in order to get better at something. We practice our scales to make better music. And other things we practice because they're intrinsically uh, for our good and for the common good, like, like medicine. Uh, faith, the practices of faith are more like this the second lot of things. We practice uh, in order to be faithful. We practice in order to be free. We practice in order to be prepared when life throws us the inevitable curveballs that are coming. Uh, we've talked a lot here, or at least I have, about worship and how we practice worship. And when we worship, we orient ourselves. We are turned toward what really matters, toward God. We do it by hearing again the story of God's self-giving love made manifest in Jesus and how that's the way of life, and we turn toward what really matters revealed in Jesus. It's a practice. Same thing with prayer. The epistle of James urges upon us practices of prayer. When you're suffering, pray. When you're sick, pray. When you're cheerful, give praise. When you're burdened by your sins, confess. Basic Christian habits of turning toward what really matters remembering what really matters that we may be remembered, remembering in order that we can be put back together again. Jesus himself gets very dramatic saying, you've got to stay clear about what's important. If your hand offends you, causes you to stumble, cut it off. Your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's the same thing. Turn towards what's really important. And that word turn is the same as repent, it's the same meaning. It's, it's get back to what matters and allow what matters to shape your life. And the same is true with the practice or the habit of generosity. When we are faithful with money, we wind up being freed. We wind up being freed in particular from the anxiety that is so often associated with money when mammon holds sway rather than the God of life. It's, uh, it's hard to convey unless we are already Uh, Converted about what freedom comes from generosity. I I know I'm not one of these people who thinks that God punishes us for bad things and rewards us for good things and that we're all totally depraved and, and on and on and on. It's all cause and effect, reward and punishment. But I still find that in my own life, when I'm less than fully faithful around money, things tend to go wrong around money and my anxiety increases. So this month, for example, I was ahead on paying my pledge and I thought, and I decided I would take care of some other obligations rather than keeping that up. This, this month's usually the first check I write and this little voice in the back of my head was saying, not such a good idea, Jeffrey, just wait. You know? And, uh, and so inevitably the car broke down, a massive $3,000 worth of expenses on the credit card, my anxiety through the roof, and I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to be faithful with money as much as I can. A, fr- a friend of mine who was on a, a, a vestry in another, another parish, he was a jogger, and uh, he loved jogging, and he knew about running, and and he knew about some. there's a certain point where you go into anaerobic breathing, and he, he knew that it's called the jogger's high. And he wrote to me, he said, Jeffrey, when am I going to experience the tither's high? And I, I said, well, I'm not sure that you are. Um, I'm not sure that you're not. But but what I do know is if you stop practicing, if you stop being generous, you will find the effects of it in your life. It's just true. It's been 20 years since we've asked ourselves and one another to uh, turn our attention philanthropically to this parish in a major, major way and to organize our common life towards some significant needs. Now, many of us do this every year, and I hope we'll continue doing so, and others of us have numerous communities and commitments to worthy and important efforts in this city. And some of us are just afraid, and, and we don't have enough, and we're still in that recession, And for those those in that situation, if we just find ways to be generous, we will get freed up some. But for those who are in a position to plan ahead your priorities for the coming years, hope you'll keep in mind that we're gonna be asking you to direct your generosity this way. And here's why. It's not so much about the needs we have, although they are pressing and urgent. We're not gonna be praying so much for a successful campaign but we're going to be praying for the renewal of the Holy Spirit that happens when in concert we turn toward what really matters in some new heightened significant way. It'd be lovely if we could do that without reaching a point of necessity or even a point of pain, but that's where we are as we look at the sacred spaces of our community and also look at making space within our community for all whom God is seeking. This is Also, what happened for Moses, this wonderful story we heard from Numbers today, when Moses could no longer manage everything by himself. The people had become a burden with their groaning and their mumbling and their grumbling. And so Moses is just feeling the burden of it. He says, enough with the cucumbers. You know, will you please stop whining? And he goes before God and cries out to God, what have I done to deserve this people? Why have you treated me so badly? Did I conceive this, people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a sucking child? I've had it. Nothing is going to change the situation. Just kill me now. Just, just take me out now, coach. I've had it. Put me out of my misery. I'm done. And God says, in effect, stop whining. Don't whine about whatever's on your mind. Stop whining about the carpet in Ellis Hall. Do something about it, you know. Stop whining about these people, but get ready to change because you're going to have to do things differently. You are going to have to turn again to what matters. You're going to have to get back in touch. You've got some habits and things, and life isn't working. And so turn again to what matters and be ready for something new, for some new way of being, for some work of the Spirit. You're going to start by having to share leadership And the system's going to be chaotic. And not everybody's going to be on board. And they're going to resist you in all kinds of ways. And one of those ways, well, as soon as someone gets a measure of authority, they're going to start trying to exercise control. And it's so it came to pass. We don't know how difficult it was for Moses to make the changes God desired. I suspect that it was pretty easy because it was pretty painful for him. But we can imagine that point of pain that left him so desperate. Kill me now. He was willing to risk anything. But we do know that the people were quick to start assuming power and assuming authority rather than staying focused on roles that were about serving the people of God. And so two of my favorites in scripture, Eldad and Medad, they're up there still in the camp and the spirit falls on and they're prophesying in the camp and someone comes and says, they shouldn't be doing that. And Joshua the son of Nun says, my Lord Moses, stop them you must stop them, or in the older version, my Lord Moses, forbid them. And I was once at St. Stephen's Church in Durham where a southern matriarch, a matron, was reading this lesson, and she got the spirit right, but the punctuation wrong. I said, my Lord Moses, forbid them. You know, it was just a right idea, wrong punctuation, but it it amused me. And, And when the spirit of God is unleashed, our instinct is to try and exercise control and conserve our position, and keep things from getting out of hand. And that's not faithful. It's, it's, it's just like when we start getting anxious and we start trying to do the same thing over and over and over again instead of turning again to what really matters, turning again to the source of life, saying our prayers, practicing the faith, going to church, and, and practicing generosity. See, renewal is turning to what matters. For Moses, that meant remembering it was not all about him for Joshua it meant recognizing that God things we don't god does things we don't plan on and we must be prepared to respond with fidelity if we and those we serve are to know life the psalmist says the teaching of the lord is perfect and revives the soul so turning to god turning again to love turning to what really matters turning as a community is not an easy thing under any circumstance, but it's a whole lot easier if we've practiced. If we've practiced and developed habits that mean we are spiritually fit when the crunch time comes, when we can act in trust of God's love and so be 11 in a hungry world. So it is with our practices of sustained and sustaining generosity by which we are, albeit counterintuitively, perhaps, but freed from anxiety about money and renewed by the spirit and source of life. In our customary one or two minutes of silence for prayer, turn again, invite you to turn again to what matters, to remember God's love for you and to prepare to live out of that love in the weeks and months and years to come. In silence and in response to the gospel, let us pray.